Hello, my name is Ethan Hewlin. Like you, I live in a world that never stops moving. Also like you, I have stories. These are my stories, the true stories of a tryhard. Welcome back to True Stories of a Tryhard, a casual conversation about what's going on in your head. I'm Ethan Hewlin, and let's get into it. If you, like me, struggle with negative thoughts, and if that is your de facto mind of thinking, then this episode is for you, because we're going to be talking about ways to help overcome that. Now, you may be listening and thinking to yourself, Ethan, what do you know? You're just a college student from Kansas. Well, truth is... I don't really know much, and please do not take my advice as professional help, because it's not. That being said, there are some things that I believe everyone can do to help increase their own quality of life, and let's get into those. So in order to understand how to stop the negative thoughts, we have to understand the categories of the negative thoughts. So there's three kinds of negative thought. There are thoughts related to inferiority, thoughts related to love and approval, and thoughts related to control-seeking. So those three together make up the mental chatter, as it were, that can take up brain space and distract us from what we want to do or need to do. Thoughts of inferiority are thoughts like, people are better than me because they can do something I can't. Thoughts related to love and approval are uh, along the lines of, how come I'm the only one who's single in my group of friends? There's got to be something wrong with me. And thoughts related to control-seeking are similar to, why don't my friends ever listen to me? One thing you can do to help with this negative mental chatter is to recognize cognitive distortions. Now, I know that may sound like a piece of medical terminology that's not really used very much, but in reality, it's a lot simpler than most of us think. Cognitive distortion is something that I actually need to work on because um, you may have heard the term black and white thinking. That is related to cognitive distortion. Thinking things are either one way or another. Yes or no. This or that. Black or white. When in reality, the situation is a lot more gray than we think. Let me see if I can give you an example. You text one of your friends you haven't talked to in a while. You want to see what they're doing, so maybe you two can catch up over coffee or something like that. They don't reply. Like, it's been multiple days, and they don't reply. If the first thought that comes to your head is, Wow, some friend they are. No point in trying to connect with them anymore. They must hate my guts. That is black and white thinking. You don't know what your friend is doing. That's why you're asking them that. In reality, the situation might be a bit more complicated. Maybe they're a new parent, and they're trying to figure out how to manage that in addition to everything else in their life. Maybe they have a sick family member they're trying to take care of. Maybe they're sick themselves. 
you really don't know what's on the other end of that line. So having some empathy for what could be going on in other people's lives is something to keep in mind when trying to help deal with these negative emotions. The human mind is a very tricky thing because it's very good at convincing us of what we want to believe, even if it's not actually true. Because that may be the first thought that you have and you just run with it. You run with the thought that I must have done something or they're a bad friend and that's why they haven't reached out or responded. And your mind can keep reinforcing that kind of negative thinking over time which can create a harmful mental environment. Another thing you can do to help with these negative thoughts is to build distress tolerance. Now, distress tolerance is your ability to manage your internal emotional state in response to stress-inducing factors, including negative thoughts. So how do you build that up? The first step to building it is recognizing what causes it. And normally, there are physical sensations that lead to these negative thoughts. Everybody's stress manifests differently, but some of the common ways that it can is uh, faster heartbeat, labored breathing, tension in your neck or back, that's, that's mine, sweating, clenched fists, bodily shutdown, heat on your face, chest, or other parts of your body, wanting to scream, wanting to throw something, uh, a sense of hurry. These are all a precursor to these negative thoughts that could occur. And they may even occur while the negative thoughts are happening. The way to combat this is mindfulness, which is something that I have often stressed on this show, and it's being able to take a deep breath, center yourself, realize what's happening, realize why you're thinking it, and be able to start processing it from there. It is not something that comes naturally to many people, including myself. So practicing that mindfulness in whatever way that you believe to be appropriate, that is something that can help you. Another thing that can help uh, reduce the amount of negative thoughts is to reframe the situation that caused them. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is to think of the situation from a different perspective. Like, if you have to move away from people that you've known for pretty much your entire life. You can think of that as either, oh, this is going to be horrible, I don't know anybody, uh, what am I going to do? Or you can think of it as, I'm going to meet so many new people and make so many new memories that I wouldn't have been able to if I'd stayed where I was. And coming up in the second half of the show, I'm going to talk about some other ways that you can help overcome these negative thoughts. Hey tryhards, Ethan here. I want to talk to you guys about Patreon. Patreon is a donation service, a monthly subscription service where you donate money 
to me to support the show, to support uh, the growth of it, whether that means merchandise or more podcasts or other things of that nature. And I would really appreciate if you guys will be willing and able to give just a little bit of whatever extra money you may have. Because while the show will always be free for everyone to listen, um, the way to make it isn't. And I'm in college, and things are expensive. So I'd appreciate any little amount that you're able to give. So thank you for donating, and thank you even more for listening. And we're back. So the next thing that you can do to help with these negative thoughts is self-soothing coping skills. There are many different things that you can do to help deal with these negative thoughts. And each one of them, at least the ones I'm going to go over, can benefit you in a different way. The first being affirmations. For some people, this is a daily occurrence. They get up, they get ready, and the last thing they do is they look into the bathroom mirror and they say to themselves, I am enough, I am going to do what I set myself to do today, and I'm going to be happy that I did it. And they go about their day and they accomplish those things because they put their mind in the right place at the start of the day so that at the end of the day, they're able to look back and say, yes, I did that. I set a goal for myself and I was able to accomplish it. The next technique is deep breathing. This is part of the mindfulness I was talking about before. Being able to slow down your breathing will slow down your heart rate, will slow down your brain so that you won't extrapolate those situations as quickly. You can replace those thoughts with cognitive tasks. Cognitive tasks can take many forms. Um, some examples are like crossword puzzles, Sudoku, or Legos, or Lego, if you want to be correct about it. I really don't care. I don't know why people are so particular about it. I've said the plural of Lego is Legos for my whole life, and some people just seem to really care about that. Anyway, the last thing that you can do to help with that is to replace your thoughts with grounding physical activities. And by that, I mean drawing attention to something physical, your feet on the ground, your breath, your the feeling of something around you, like a pet or a blanket or the chair you're sitting in or something along those lines, recognizing what is around you and grounding yourself in that. Another thing that you can do to help relieve those negative thoughts is relieve self-judgment. This, for me, is very hard to do. Because of the way my mind works, it is not always my first thought to go this route, because I tend to think of myself as the problem, which can be very humble, or it can be very dangerous. Because if you always think of yourself as the problem, that can lead people to take advantage of you when you really don't want that. 
believe me, I speak from experience. But this is actually something that I'm working on right now, is taking those judgments about myself and evaluating them. Do they make sense? Do they hold up? And if they don't, why am I thinking that? That's the big question. Why are you thinking this way? And if what I'm thinking doesn't make sense, I try to stop thinking it. And if I can't, I go back to the previous step and I do something else. Because doing something else distracts you from your thoughts. The last thing I'm going to talk about today, as far as relieving yourself from these negative thoughts, is expressing your thoughts and feelings in some form. This can be many different things. For some people, it's a journal. For me in particular, it's a therapist. It's just a matter of what you're comfortable with. Personally, if you really want to get the most out of it, I do both. But not everybody can have access to a therapist. So if you don't, journaling is probably the best option for you. And doesn't necessarily have to be a therapist. It can just be somebody that you trust. Whether it's a spouse, a significant other, a close friend, a parent, a grandparent, a sibling. Doesn't matter. Just somebody that you know will not judge you for what you are thinking. Because either they have been there at some point themselves, or they are willing to empathize with you. Journaling for me, has been something that I've done off and on. It's not something that I've done consistently. Like, I've, I did it for a few months, and then I stopped. And I did it for a few more, and then I stopped again. Because I was doing my journaling at night before I went to sleep. And sometimes I was just too tired to write anything down, and by the time I woke up the next morning, I had pretty much forgotten everything that I did the previous day, so that didn't really help my case. But regardless of what works for me and what doesn't, what works for you may be totally different. So being able to distinguish what would work between those two options or any other of the options that I've mentioned today is something that will help you on your journey of self-actualization. Thank you listeners for tuning in this week to True Stories of a Dry Heart. You can find me on Instagram at ethan.t.hewlin, that's H-U-L-E-N. You can find me on Twitter at etphonehome, the O's are zeros, the E's are threes. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at True Stories Pod. The best way to get the word out about podcasts is via word of mouth and social media. So please, please, please. Share this with your friends, share it on your social media, and if you post it in some way and tag me, you will get featured on the official podcast accounts. And please feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I would very much appreciate it. I'll be back with more stories next week. So until then, this is Ethan Hewlin signing off. (music) 